I lived in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And when okay. I was in kindergarten, Hurricane Fran came <laughs> right over Fayetteville. The eye came over Fayetteville. So I could hear it. I didn't sleep at all that night because I was, you know, scared. A little petrified. There was yeah. A little petrified. <laughs> and we lived in a trailer park. I remember like after the fact, once we got power back, it took about a week, like just diving into learning about the storm and wanting to understand why. So instead of kind of running away from this fear, I kind of ran towards it. And that made me want to like be a meteorologist and learn all about the weather so that I wouldn't be afraid of it anymore. This is the O-Rise Featurecast. Join host Michael Holtz for conversations with O-Rise experts on STEM workforce development, scientific and technical reviews, and the evaluation of radiation exposure and environmental contamination. You'll also hear from O-Rise research program participants and their mentors as they talk about their experiences and how they are helping shape the future of science. Welcome to the O-Rise FeatureCast. Welcome to another episode of the O-Rise FeatureCast. As always, I'm your host, Michael Holtz from the Communications Department at O-Rise and ORAU. I'm really excited today to talk to one of the O-Rise Future of Science Award winners, Geneva Gray. Welcome to the O-Rise FeatureCast. Um, Geneva, tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, it's great to finally sit down and talk with you. Um, I'm Geneva Gray. I am a PhD candidate at North Carolina State University in Atmospheric Sciences. And I'm currently an ORISE participant with the Environmental Protection Agency. Awesome. So let's first of all, let's talk about the Future of Science Award. How excited were you to learn that you were a winner of the, the inaugural ORISE Future of Science Award? I mean, uh, I just it just put a huge smile on my face because um, it I, I really never won anything like that before. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really uh, a, a surreal feeling, you know, always got the participation uh, thing in, in sports, never really right. the first or second place. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was just a huge honor. Um, and you know, listening to my um, mentor, my O-Rise mentor, talk about how uh, um, how my achievements and just laying them out the way that she did really just made me realize my potential. Uh, it really um, just kind of, like if people talk about imposter syndrome, and I right. think that just kind of washed it all away. Like I was like, oh, I'm actually, this is how people see me. And that made me feel really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Imposter syndrome is real, isn't it? I mean, it really is. I think we've all been there, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so talk about the work that you're doing right now for the EPA to the extent that you can. Yeah. So um, I think I can talk pretty freely. I asked my mentor about that and she was pretty cool with it. Um, what I do is I model um, extreme precipitation events that are happening now, but I take them into the future. So what happens when uh, a huge storm happens, but the background environment is warmer, which a future world is likely to be. So that's kind wow. of the boilerplate, you know, what yeah, I do. Yeah. So, so you would look at a situation like say the Eastern Kentucky floods of recent note, mm -hmm. um, 
and propel those into the future with warmer temperatures and that sort of thing. Is that kind of? Exactly. Um, that, that would be exactly what would I do. So I've done um, Hurricane Norbert, which is um, a hurricane that happened in 2014 off the coast of Arizona and actually moved a bunch of moisture over this desert area that's not used to getting a lot of rain. And it flooded a lot of the regions and caused a lot of urban flooding um, issues. Uh, and I've taken that storm and, you know, warmed up the ocean and warmed up the background atmosphere and seen how much precipitation fell and more precipitation falls because there is a um, an exponential relationship between um temperature increasing and moisture uh, increasing. So more moisture in the atmosphere means more rain falling from the sky. That has to be a little scary (laughs) to be be looking at that sort of data and and that sort of relationship in the future. I um, have a lot of hope because um, I deal with people who work in municipalities who are preparing for the future and they're driving the the want for this kind of data and since they want to see what the worst case scenario is so that they can prepare for it and so even if this is a likelihood in the future based on you know what what sort of um, future the whole world decides to go in um, people who are on the ground at cities are preparing to uh, you know insulate our infrastructure so that it can withstand these sort of rain events it's a work in progress and um, there's going to be mistakes along the way but it does give me hope because i know people care about this sort of research and um, want to implement it in in a very applied manner. Right. And that's important is they want to be prepared for it. And hopefully we learn lessons and do the work to reduce that future possibility of Mm -hmm. temperature increases and all of that, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. So you talked at the outset about your mentor. Talk about what it's like to be in a mentored relationship with another scientist. Yeah. And about how awesome your mentor is. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Tanya is an amazing mentor. Um, She um, understands kind of the, the work-life balance issues. So I, I'm also a mother to two children, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Oh my goodness, your hands are full. (laughs) Yes. So completing my PhD, doing the ORISE participant uh, fellowship thing, and then, uh, you know, being a mom is, is a a huge juggling uh, exercise. And uh, Tanya's been there. So um, she's always very, um, always in my corner. And she just also as a scientist, just one of the most brilliant Fortran coders. And um, she just really understands what's under the hood in these um, atmospheric models, these climate models that we're using. And uh, it's just, uh, I'm just always in awe whenever we sit down and I can't get something to work. And she's like, oh, if you just change this over to this, then it's going to run. And I'm like, how did you know that? And she said, 20 years of making that same mistake. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's so, amazing. Yeah. Um, it, it, let me ask you, is this your first mentor research experience? Have you had other mentors in your, yeah. in your life? 
um, in my academic uh, career, I've definitely had, I had a master's, I had two master's advisors because one moved to um, USGS from the academic sector uh, midway through. So I had to jump to, to a new one. And, um, and then I also have my PhD advisor who works kind of, um, him and uh, Tanya talk uh, frequently about, about my progress and how I'm um, spending my time and all of that stuff. So I have multiple mentors. I would say that Rise has given me a chance to have a female mentor, which I didn't get in the academic environment. Okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that, you know, that makes a difference. I mean, we talk about um, women in science and, and how those numbers are catching up, but there's still a need for, Mm -hmm more women to be recruited into the sciences, right? So definitely. Um, have you had the opportunity to mentor um, up and coming scientists? So um, part of the um, ORISE environment at the EPA is there's actually kind of a couple of us floating around in the division. And whenever a new one comes in, I, I do give them kind of the lowdown of how everything works and, and mentor from that side of things. Awesome. Um, but as a scientist, a lot of my mentorship of undergraduate students has happened during my master's degree. Okay. I worked at the state climate office of North Carolina and they had always, always a huge influx of undergrads come in during the summer and I would build projects for them and, and mentor them and help them with their coding and their methods and really just like bring, build them up as, you know, young scientists, you know, starting yeah. out and learning about the atmosphere. And that was always a very re- rewarding experience. That's very cool. Um, I just love hearing about, you know, mentors, mentoring others. And um, I, I just think, you know, science is such a collaborative process that, you know, you need those relationships, not just with, you know, younger scientists, but with your mentors and with scientists across um, disciplines. So talk a little bit about that, knowing that science is a collaborative process. What is that like for you at the EPA? Right. Um, so the branch that I work in um, with that I work with is um, part of a modeling development division. Um, and so all of everyone in the branch is all meteorologists and coders. Okay. But we have to work with um, different branches that do the chemistry, that do the emissions um, modeling, that do um, all of that other stuff. And so um, it really is like always constantly making sure when we say certain words, we're you know it doesn't mean something else in a different discipline. Gotcha. Sure. Each each little micro discipline has so many um, individual like codes and phrases, and sometimes a similar phrase could mean completely different things when talking to a chemist versus talking to an atmospheric scientist. Gotcha. So you want to make sure you're all speaking the same language. Yeah. And it takes a kind of a back and forth. Um, even this is a very established group and they, they work all so well together. And it's amazing how efficient they could be. It really is right. kind of like to wax poetic about like government process and how efficient it is. <laughs> like people like to say that it's, you know, oh, it's so inefficient. But when you look at it from the the civil servant, you know, perspective, it's just so amazing to see how it's such good people who are so dedicated to their job and working um, so collaboratively, but, you know, even 
being together for some sometimes decades, you still can get caught up on some of the minutiae. And so watching them work through that has just been an educational experience for me to learn how to communicate effectively to people, not just the general public or anyone interested in science, but also to other scientists. Gotcha. Um, so let me ask you a little bit more about that. Was that a challenge for you coming into an organization where, like you said, there are like these built-in efficiencies and they've been working together for so long and, you know, I'm the new girl. <laughs> Hi. You know. How does that work? Is that, is that a challenge? Do you get sort of welcomed in and caught up in it, I guess, right away? Does it take time? Right. So um, it, it takes a little bit of time. You really have to put yourself out there and, you know, go to the bagel Tuesdays, you know, <laughs> right. you know m- make it to the retirement parties, even if you've only met the person a couple of times. You know, it, it does take effort on my part to to integrate into the the, the office culture, as it were. Um, but you know, I go back to my mentor. She's always introducing me to people and making sure that um, in case, you know, when you're the new person, you might not be um, remembered when they're sending Outlook invitations. Um, And she's always forwarding to me and making sure people add me to listservs and all of that such so that um, I am included in in the office events. And I would say it, it took a little bit of time. And then of course the pandemic um, it made it a little harder to to um, weasel my way in on meetings because you can't just like then you know pop in I, if you see I, a meeting I, happening. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to Teams. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> awesome, um, Geneva. Have you always been interested in meteorology and science? Has that always been like? I guess when did you first realize, hey, this is what I want to do? Right. So it goes back to when I was in kindergarten. And really? um, yeah, so I lived in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And when okay. I was in kindergarten, Hurricane Fran, um, which was in 1996, so I guess I'm aging myself, um, came <laughs> right over Fayetteville. The eye came over Fayetteville. So before the eye of a hurricane is the most intense wind and rain. And it, that's where you get all of the high winds and just what makes it an intense storm. And so if you do get to experience the eye, it's calm in the center, but on either side, you know, it's quite an intense storm. So I was five years old and it came over while we were sleeping, but I could hear it. I didn't sleep at all that night because I was, you know, scared. A little petrified, yeah. A little petrified (laughs) and we lived in a trailer park. So um, in in a pine forest and pine trees, um, they're adapted for storms like this, but only to a certain point. Sure. So there was trees falling and I could, I really remember those thuds, thuds, thuds. And, you know, I was, terrified and i remember like after the fact once we got power back it took about a week like just diving into learning about the storm and wanting to understand why so instead of kind of running away from this fear i kind of ran towards it and that made me want to like be a meteorologist and learn all about the weather so that i wouldn't be afraid of it anymore yeah how cool that's a great story um terrifying storm yeah kind of great way to manage the fear to mm-hmm. you know really embrace it and obviously now you're looking at a career in 
in science and you know i guess after your do you have an idea of after your OS experience what comes next right um so i will have a PhD, it kind of coincides with the ending of my Arise experience. And so I'm looking at some postdocs in different locations. Um, Hopefully, you know, I've been also applying to different jobs as well, kind of keeping my options open. Uh, I don't really want to move my family around, which is always the, the sticking point. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty open. I just, I love the science so much that Really, wherever I can fit in, I'm gonna be happy. Like researching and and um, understanding the intrinsic, in, no, understanding the finer points of 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 what makes something tick. So I my passion is climate science. I love how applied it can be, how much how relevant it is. Um, it's just it can sometimes be a bit harder um, in the federal government uh, to find that sort of position as policy implications kind of ebb and flow um, based on the administration. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but would you recommend an ORISE experience to your fellow (laughs) graduate, undergraduate, postdoctoral colleagues? Oh, definitely. In fact, I have sent any ORISE physicians that I see um, to to some people and a, a couple of them have then been selected. Oh, so cool. yeah, there unfortunately there's no signing bonus, which is my one complaint. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to get Leslie and team working on that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> I joke, I joke. Uh, I but you know, they uh uh, they they enjoy it, and I, I talk about how of much of a rewarding experience it is, and it really gives you an um, perspective that you don't get if you're just doing, I don't say just doing, but if you're doing the graduate research experience through an academic, um, you know, mentorship just yeah. out of the university, you know, some of them can give you that the kind of office culture like experience, but, you know, really, you, you really understand what kind of the horizon looks like, you know, after graduate school, when you get to participate in an ORISE experience. And you're in the lab and you're actually, mm-hmm. I don't want to say actually doing research because you're always doing research, but you're actually, you know, you're doing the science on a practical level. Yeah, and and it's always great when you're talking about your science and somebody kind of walks up in an informal poster session, you know, internal to the EPA and starts chatting with you and giving you, you know, advice or being excited about it. They walk away and because I'm new, you know, still relatively new, um, I don't know who the bigwigs are by facial recognition and you know it's great to hear then somebody say oh that's the director of the office of research and development who just came by and loved your stuff and so it's (laughs) (laughs) so it's always nice like when you get that kind of like oh that's like a a big big wig in in the epa (laughs) and you can't even fangirl because you don't know you don't know know it was so you're like oh yeah let's just talk about the science and because they are scientists too they can talk to you at the same level um and then they walk off and you planted that kind of nugget of like yes this research is important and um 
it's just super rewarding. And um, also, uh, as an aside, just interacting with other researchers that also then their their research then goes into inform public policy and how, you know, people make decisions on protecting people's health and the environment. It's just like, this is, it's a great calling. It's a great, yeah. uh, beautiful process that that I get to be a part of things to arise. And that's really the kind of the brass ring, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, last question for you, Geneva. What brings you joy? Oh, that's such a beautiful question. Um, so oh, I'm going to try not to like bring a tear to my eye. Joy is just such a beautiful <laughs> thing. Um, I love being outside and walking in nature and not hearing anything but the sound of nature just and maybe sometimes my kids are also chattering that's okay but um you know just being out there and listening to the stream and looking up and seeing you know now the leaves changing it's just such a serene experience and just brings me such profound joy awesome thank you so much for sharing that i love that that's a beautiful thought thanks Geneva Gray, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I really appreciate it. Congratulations again on your OIS Future of Science Award and for all of the great work that you're doing. I hope that we get to chat at some future point when um, you've had a few more years under your belt and done some more research. I'd love to talk to you again. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to the O-Rise Feature Cast. To learn more about the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education, visit orise.orau.gov or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Orise Connect. If you like the Orise Feature Cast, give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts.